0: Hey, hey, it's GMAC, the inaugural Blue Bomber podcast of 2019. We do have Bob Irving, as Bob surveyed the scene on the CFL on our second annual winter special on 680 CJOB. just in case you missed it. Or maybe you'd like to catch the highlights again. We've put together a package of the best of That program that aired Monday night, March 11th on The Voice and Home of Your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Kyle Walters, general manager of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joined Bob Irving, as did Mike O'Shea, the head coach. And of course, perhaps he wasn't a free agent signing because he never hit the open market. But you could argue the biggest free agent signing of the year was Adam Big Hill, who was set to become... A free agent did not decide to stay with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He joined us along with Andrew Harris and, of course, Matt Nichols, quarterback of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. All sorts of insight into the Blue Bombers, what they're doing this offseason as they look forward to 2019. We look at free agency across the CFL who won, who won big in the CFL free agency wars and all sorts of other great CFL information. So sit down, buckle up, and enjoy the Blue Bomber Podcast. We want to thank you for downloading, sharing, and of course subscribing to the Blue Bomber Podcast. Let's get her going.
1: This is the Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Well, Kyle Walters, the GM of the Bombers, is at the CFL West Regional Combine in Edmonton. This is where they're taking a look at... uh, Draft prospects for the upcoming May second draft, and Walters told me he's, he's in the air right now, uh, flying, so he couldn't join us live. But he told me the combines have been a real boon to the CFL's scouting program.
2: You know the CFL's done a really really good job uh, with these regional combines. That uh, you know there, there's a strong group of of players that maybe not at the national level uh, recognition that are in Toronto next week. That they uh, you know they hold this combine in Edmonton today, and there's one in. Uh, off to Montreal in a couple of days, and then uh, they do a third regional in Toronto before the big one. So it's a, it's a great way for the scouts to see as many kids as possible. And, uh, you know, I think the Bisons represented themselves very well today. There was a, a strong contingent from uh, from U of M, and they're, they're, uh, they held their own. So it was, uh, you know, happy for those kids.
1: Shay Ross of the Manitoba Bisons, a receiver, really put on a show today.
2: Yeah, phenomenal athlete, you know. And you know, we've done the film on him. He's a good football player, and came out today, and boy, he, uh, you know, he ran fast and jumped. You know, his, his uh, athletic ability and the jumping events were unbelievable. So he, uh, boy, he he did real, real well for himself today.
1: Did he surprise you or others? Maybe.
2: No, I think um, I think the word on him was a phenomenal athlete. He just maybe a little bit light, a little bit undersized, but certainly. Um, certainly a smooth route runner and uh, a great athlete, and he showed that today.
1: Another Bison receiver who had uh, a good showing, Jesse Walker. Yeah, another one of the Bison
2: kids who's a you know a big, good-looking kid, and you know didn't quite have the productivity at his university career um, that some other receivers, which probably hurt his uh, his notoriety. But physically, all the tools that, that you're looking for in a prospect.
1: And I know another one uh, Dylan Schrott uh, from the u of m who was uh, fairly highly rated i guess uh, how did he perform today?
2: well, there's another one as i said that with the the buys and receivers are fantastic and Dylan uh he was the one that's the most productive a little bit as I said, shorter stockier guy but uh, very very productive in his in his uh season this past season and a real good university football player so you know he he's he probably doesn't have the measurables of the other two, but but his uh, his game day performance was most productive out of any of them.
1: Well, I'll ask you about one more Bison defensive lineman, Derek Dufault. Is Dufault or Dufault? Huh? He did he have, test well today?
2: Yeah, again he's he's got good game film and he's a he's a, you know, a defensive end that was very very productive in college. Quick and you know he did real well in the one on ones and you know it, it's tough when you look at those defensive ends. You know, you try to project a lot of kids as special teams players, but I don't think he he has the flat out speed for special teams. But his ability to, you know, the rush the passer and uh, actually play some defense at the rotational end is 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 what teams will be looking at him for for sure.
1: So you have picks four and five, Kyle, in the May second draft, and then pick fourteen. Uh, is this how would you describe this draft? Is it a good one?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I mentioned to uh, to to Ed Tate the other day. Um, asked me a similar question, and I said it's, uh, you know, that top 15 or 20 is as good as I recall in a long time. I think, um, you know, I think the defensive line is solid. That's, the, you know, a core group of offensive line, and the receivers are, are, are strong as well. And you know, I even think that the tailbacks, fullbacks are um, uh, a little bit above what we see every year. So it's uh, I think it's a real initial impression so far is a real strong draft class. But okay. we'll have to wait and see, you know, the, you know, the NFL interest and all those sort of things, which, are, which will play, them, play itself out over the next couple of uh, couple of months.
1: Sure. Looks like you guys are committed to playing a Canadian as a starter on your D-line. Is there a likelihood, Kyle, that you'll draft a Canadian D-lineman with one of your top picks?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not – we're trying to create as much
1: ratio flexibility as,
2: as we can at this time of year and give the coaches the most options in training camp to – have some competition and to see you know get the best canadians on the field in any position we can so you know with jake and matt we, we like our uh we like the defensive tackles we have but if we have an opportunity to add uh, a defensive tackle um probably would compete in that playtime role the defensive end certainly in the um uh, to rotate you know and maybe save a di spot on that end of things so uh, there's lots and lots of options, and I think, you know, we're, we're built that we can probably go with the best players, you know, regardless of position, is what we're trying to get to, and, you know, I think we'll stick with that.
1: Tell us about Max Ford, a player you signed here a couple of weeks ago. He's a defensive lineman, Kyle. Does he figure, uh, after two years with the BC Lions, to come in here and, and really fight for a spot?
2: Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, to, to the point of adding some some ratio flexibility, We, um, you know, he... he uh, yeah, Adam Big Hill spoke very, very highly of him. Um, had a bit of an injury, but uh, when he was playing, he was productive. And you know, it's in another another guy that we like that, that we think can, that can provide some depth and and some competition and give some, uh, uh, depending on which way we go with the ratio, provide some flexibility for us.
1: Are you pretty well done with free agency or are there still some guys you're kind of sniffing around after.
2: Well, you're always looking and seeing where you can upgrade and what you can do, but things have certainly got a lot quieter yes in the last uh the last couple of weeks
1: okay let me ask you about two players specifically that i get asked about by the fans three actually all the time one of them is weston yeah. Dressler. is he still in the in the picture at all uh
2: not, not as of now no you know we told we told weston would probably probably be moving on um or for him to certainly look at other opportunities and you know, we we kick the tires every once in a while and and see where their heads at, but I think Weston was trying to figure out what he wanted to do as well. Chris Matthews. Again, the agent still doesn't. They they're they're fully committed to NFL
1: at this point, and that's all we're told. Okay, and Timothy Flanders.
2: Yeah, I mean Tim Tim's a guy where you know. We'll, we're trying to maybe bring a little bit more returnability from a tailback position. So we'll have a better idea after uh, after our mini camp to see uh, what kind of guys we have and see, where, see if, if Tim can fit in. Because we all like Tim and he's a good football player, but just with the way our our team's set up, it's, it's hard to find a spot for him.
1: Yeah, You're most concerned, uh, Kyle, obviously, with putting a team together, and I'll end it on this note, for the coming season. There's lots of speculation that, The efforts to get a new CBA between the league and the players are going to be very difficult, and there could be a work stoppage. Do you concern yourself much with that? Do you worry about that at all?
2: No, you know I don't. I I think that's you know for the for the presidents and and the guys at that level that meet and and discuss the you know specifics of the CBA negotiations and contingency plans. Um, You know, Mike Mike and myself are full speed ahead and uh, prep as we would any other year getting ready for you know just get ready for training camp and you know, i think you have to prepare as if everything's going to go off as normal and um trust that the the powers that be in our league have you know figured out
1: contingency plans for you know worst case scenarios yeah well trust that uh, common sense will prevail that's kind of the way i look at it i hope so too the Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Mike O'Shea, welcome to the microphone. Seems like only yesterday you and I were looking at each other and talking about the Blue Bombers, but it has been a while.
3: Uh, maybe for you, I've missed you terribly, Bob. <laughs> I've it's just been. This is fantastic being
1: <laughs> here. Well, it's great to have you here. Um, how's the offseason going? How, how do you feel about the things that have happened to your club? The players you've lost, the players you've signed.
3: I mean, I'm always excited about the you know coming training camp, but we got a lot of work to do between now and then. Obviously, uh, and and as usual, I mean, we we talk about this every year. I'm excited about the the new guys coming in, and always disappointed about losing um, not only good players but good people that you've mm-hmm. sort of tried to build around. I mean, um, free agency was a an interesting year this year. Lots of free agents around the league, but we did lose our share of guys and um, we got to make sure the, the the people coming in fit and understand their roles and uh, we've got to work hard to make sure the guys that are are, are returning for us are, are able to pick up the slack uh, where there might be some and, um, you know, accept their new roles readily and, and can perform them.
1: You lost some key guys. I think every team in the league did, obviously. Yeah, everybody does. Because yeah. there were so many, as you say, free agents. You signed Willie Jefferson, and now fans are everywhere I go. The fans think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, that you've got this big monster defensive end from Saskatchewan who's made life miserable for your team, but for others as well. Uh, you love, all coaches love impact players, and this guy's certainly that, isn't he?
3: Yeah, he's a playmaker. Yeah. He, he finds a way to, to uh, change games. Um, we know that firsthand, and Uh, it'll be, um, it'll be interesting having him uh, on our side this year. I think, you know, coming in when you, when you initially come in, it's going to be, he'll he'll fit right in and, and and that'll be great. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to watching him, Mm -hmm. you know, because you, you, you see when you play him and you, when you watch film and he's got other opponents on the ropes, it's interesting. But on a daily basis, I want to I'm I'm intrigued. This guy is such a tremendous athlete. Uh, he just makes a mess everywhere he
1: goes. Yeah, interesting that he chose Winnipeg. I think there were about seven teams that talked to him and probably offered him similar money. But uh, he apparently, he said he came here because he liked the environment and thought the team had a chance to win.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's uh, that's. Good. I think the environment that that travels and and that'll be a, I think a theme that you would hear from guys that that show up here, and um, we think, you and I included, we think we got a chance to win, too.
1: Yes, Oh, there's no doubt about that. So the BC Lions made the most noise, stealing Mike Riley out of, not stealing, but signing him away from Edmonton. Uh, what do you make of what they did?
3: Well, they got better at their key position. I mean, um, on a personal level, like on a, as a fan, you'd love to see Travis Lule. You know, you would have loved to have seen him Rise up and be able to, you know, keep that starting job. Mm-hmm. And that just wasn't the case, and so they go ahead and sign Mike Riley, um, new coach, new quarterback, uh, new guard in Suk mm-hmm. uh new coaching staff. It's it's all going to be interesting. I, you know, I think what precipitated off of that signing, I think, is even more interesting. Is Edmonton going out and getting Harris and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellingson and Sir Vincent Rogers. I mean, they just turned that um, that miss on Riley into uh, another big story and and huge signings on their part too.
1: And then Bo Levi re-signs in Calgary. I think a lot of people would like to have seen him out of the league. People in the West, I mean, yeah. Those of us who care about the league are glad that he stayed. But <laughs> yeah, and
3: I, and you know, I don't think there was going to be an easy road anyway. No. If you think that, you know. Obviously, Bo Levi Mitchell is one of the best in, in the in the CFL. He's proven that, and if he keeps on playing here for a long time, he might prove to be one of the best ever in the mm-hmm. CFL. Um, but th- don't mistake this. Calgary would be a good football team regardless. They mm-hmm. they've got a great organization. They're well coached, and and uh, they find players too. So they 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 would have been competitive no matter what. This makes the West ultra competitive. Um, Adding what could be talked about as one of the better quarterbacks or the best quarterback in the East coming to the West, so um, our players uh, they won't shy away from this. I think uh, you know Bolivie Mitchell staying in Calgary is just another one of those things that hey you got you got to be prepared every single week and you got to battle and mm-hmm. um, be more physical than your opponents and and be ready to play every single week.
1: We know that you guys were in the running, Mike, for, for Ellingson and for Durrell Walker. As a matter of fact, right there in terms of the dollar value, and uh, they, for their own reasons, chose to go elsewhere. Do, do you feel in a situation in situations like that, like you, you guys kind of missed out, or is it just the way the sort of the cookie crumbles?
3: Yeah, I think right from the beginning of our time here, we had talked about the fact that it's it is difficult to build um you know solely through free agency right. so it's just it's just one of those things uh we landed willie jefferson and last year we landed landed adam big hill and we've managed to retain adam big hill and um there's other names that go in and out there but it's uh we didn't get that that receiver and that's fine we'll we'll be fine
1: two other guys you retained jackson jeff and brandon alexander those were important players for you weren't they absolutely
3: yeah. uh, i mean Obviously, Jackson, uh, when he's stayed healthy, he's been a fantastic uh, pressure off the edge.
1: Getting better, too, oh, wasn't getting he? He's getting better. better all the time. He's, yeah. a, he's a
3: terrific athlete and uh, just a, a real solid football player. He does uh, so much right from that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brandon Alexander uh, stepped into a leadership role um, you know, f- fairly early in the season, but really... Owned his craft as a leader, I thought partway through the season, um, and it showed on the field with the uh, the level we played at. So, um, spoke to him just the other the, the other night actually, and spoke about uh, his role and and how that's going to change and how he has to ramp up that leadership right from day one in training camp. So he's he's excited about that opportunity.
1: Another player you resigned, and this didn't have a lot of fanfare, I guess, and it was. Uh, way back in the offseason, and that would be Gator, who played so well at Sam Linebacker uh, later in the year. That he, he was a good one to retain, too, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I thought, uh,
3: you know, he stuck with it well in, in rehab, but he was hurt a little bit early, obviously, and missed some games, uh, but managed to stick with it uh, mentally and stay in tune and, um, you know, f- fight that urge to... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, slow down a little bit or whatever. But he came back with a vengeance. I thought he played extremely well the second half of the season, um, and I'm excited for him to have a full season. Uh, I think he's he's very productive for us.
1: You lose Chris Randall by the club's own choice. You let him go, and Taylor Loeffler leaves as a free agent. Uh, two all stars, former all stars at least. Big losses, or can you fill those holes?
3: No, those are all those are all big losses that that'll have to be filled. So. Um, it's not a matter of can we must mm-hmm. so I mean that's just that's it, easy in that regard I like I like must you must fill that that role right so um, we feel good about about uh, the players that'll be competing for those spots uh, we're not prepared to hand a job to anybody we we like the idea of competition and uh, it is tough on a personal level to lose those guys I mean Chris Randall was the guy who showed up here right off the bat for us and um, it's going to be different not seeing him work on the sidelines uh, every spare moment he has in
1: practice. Uh, There is talk from the CFL Players Association that they're going to really play hardball. i will get back to your line in a minute, but I want to ask you about this. They're going to play hardball in these negotiations. You were a player rep for many years when you played. You get the feeling, I hear this from a lot of people, there's a feeling that the players are going to be more... I guess I'll use the word militant, than they've ever been. Do you have that sense? What's your kind of feel about this whole situation?
3: Uh, Boy, I I don't know that they're going to be more militant. I mean, that sounds like a pretty strong word. More demanding, more demanding. Yeah, I think they're going to work extremely hard to get what their membership wants, like in any negotiation between a, a, a union and a... And a league or a union in a business or, you know, um, I think that that's what their mandate is, is to work extremely hard to, to get as much as their players, their membership wants as possible. And the league's job is to, you know, work as hard as they can to get what they feel the, the presidents and owners need. And somewhere in between there, they'll meet up and and solve it, and hopefully both parties will be happy. But I think there is more than ever. There's been a uh, more than there ever was. I think there's a a, a, a better partnership, um, better communication amongst the the league and the players' association. Um, I do believe that at any time there's a negotiation. You know, it's valuable on both sides to make it appear that, you know, we're going to battle, Mm -hmm. you know. But I think they'll get it done. They're smart people on both sides, and I think they'll come to a resolution.
1: Well, let's hope. This league cannot, I think most of us agree, cannot afford a shutdown. I just don't like some of the things I'm hearing, but you're probably right. It's probably just saber rattling before the you know before the duel. Eh? And
3: I think both sides are serious. and, and yeah.
1: it's just a matter
3: of of the communication level being high enough that and the the understanding, the the gaining of knowledge on both sides and the understanding on both sides that they they want a common goal. They just uh, need to iron out some of the details to get to that.
1: Let me go through your lineup and how it looks here now on the eleventh day of March, and training camp is still two months away. And the season's more than that away. But let me start on your offensive line. So Stanley Bryant and Jermarcus Hardrick, likely to be your tackles. Likely. On the O-line. Sure. Okay. Pat Newfeld likely to be your left guard. Yes. Now, you don't have Golsen anymore. Michael Couture, is he ready? Yes. And right guard, Suk Chung, is gone. Aha. Could Jeff Gray, could he be ready to start? Well, he's certainly going to compete for that spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you play an American there? We could. Ratio-wise? Yeah, could. I think we could, yeah. And that would be Manasseh Fuchetti? Yep. In all likelihood?
3: Well, I mean, yeah, he would. there would be guys that would work through that spot. We're yep. going to, that's what training camp's for, you know. We're going to, mm-hmm. all these plans we make in the offseason and free agency and, and slotting in the rosters, boy, when you come to training camp, it seems to clear itself up a little bit more.
1: So, most people acknowledge your offensive line last year as as good as there was in the league, better, than, as good as any, better than most. Can it be at that level again in 2019? No doubt. Okay. Uh, quarterback, Matt Nichols. What do you. Yeah, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> yes. Pardon me. It's my cold firing. I apologize, folks. What do you expect from Chris Streveler in terms of. Uh, what he did last year and, and how much he, he will improve. I don't know how much more he'll play, but what can he give you this year that might be an add-on? Oh, uh, wow, well, yeah, I think that's up to, you
3: know, our offensive staff will work hard to see what more we can do with Chris. But I expect Chris to, you know, in the off season, I'm sure he's working just as hard as he ever would mm-hmm. um, to come in and compete for his spot, I expect you know all the quarterbacks in the room to work together to lead our football team. I I know you know nobody can f- convince me otherwise. You need more than one quarterback to win a championship. You always do um, throughout a long season um, for various reasons. You always need more than one quarterback to win a to win a championship. Um, you know if we can expand. Uh, strev's role and get him um certain things that work really well for him then i think it would be a smart thing to do on the offensive side of the football but uh this is you know it's it's Matt's football team and mm-hmm. he's going to come in and he's going to work on his stuff too that he that he sees and him and buck talk about um and he's going to come in better than ever also so uh, i think we're in good hands uh, with
1: our leadership from the quarterback spot, Brian Bennett still under contract. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Andrew Harris, pretty good chance he'll be your running back this year. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Kevin LaFrance is gone. Is Johnny Augustine, kind of figure now is the maybe the number two guy.
3: Uh, Johnny Augustine has has resigned with us. Obviously, right at the end of the season. Yeah. Um He's a very likable guy. He's. He knows that uh, one of the things he needs to work on is, is his availability to us on special teams because his play as a tailback would tell you that he can certainly, uh, you can work with him for sure. I mean, he needs to work on his protection too. That's all things that he knows. But, uh, you know, as a Canadian tailback, you'd love to be in a spot where there's a Canadian tailback starting in front of you. That's a, I mean, that's a, a good position to be in. Um, but once again, that won't be without competition. We've said all along we are we want jobs to be competed for
1: and sure. won. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But I like Johnny. Receivers, Darvin Adams, Drew Wolitarski, and Nick Dembski seem to be guys who you'll count on to, to be frontliners this year. That leaves two spots open. Be some serious competition there.
3: Absolutely. Yeah yeah and and the other spots too, you know whenever you have some change like that and possibly two spots um you know it's not just competition for those two spots amongst two amongst new players. we need to figure out our best lineup and how they how they slot in across the board to see where they best fit so um I'm not sure exactly where those guys will all be lined up yet
1: mm. Mm-hmm. Peterman and Simon eyes two young Canadians yep um obviously it'd be your hope that one of those guys will really step up and Absolutely. take the bull by the horns
3: yeah and I think they I think they did last year I thought there was mm-hmm. Peterman when he got got in and got some touches was was a very interesting um player with the ball in his hands he made some guys miss he he was uh, you know got some tough yards and Uh, Rashawn Simonize, I think he, throughout the season, he grew as a professional, and he's blessed with uh, some physical talents that not everybody is blessed with. So we'll see if he can't come in and and show us more of what we liked about him when we drafted him.
1: For me, one of the most important players you lost to free agency was Javon Santos Knox at linebacker. So you've got Gator, you've got Big Hill. Can Kyrie Wilson be a guy who steps up and and becomes a key performer absolutely you know
3: he's a guy that um you know the day before the hour before the minute before we signed adam big hill we thought kyrie was going to be uh, with jovan the, the 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 two linebackers that were going to patrol mm-hmm. uh the fields for us so um Kyrie's been extremely patient and he's he's not only been patient, he's worked, kept working hard to to get his next opportunity and he got a little bit of an opportunity into the season last year and, and showed well with it. We've always liked his athleticism. It's always been a matter of trying to get him on the field. So uh, he's got a great opportunity um, to, to win this spot because he's got a leg up on all the other competition really and mm-hmm. um, and if he keeps on showing us how fast he is, how explosive he is, and, and if he keeps on learning, then he'll he'll do just fine with it.
1: Will you have a Mexican player in rookie camp? That's the hope.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's the hope.
1: What do you think about this uh expansion into Europe and Mexico that Randy Ambrosi is heading up?
3: Yeah, I don't know if he's actually spoken about
1: expansion. There yet. No, I I mean, I don't mean expansion with teams, but I mean looking for players.
3: Um, He presents a very interesting case study on it and the history of other pro leagues, other pro sports, and their globalization and what it's meant to their revenue models. It's very intriguing. He's got uh, a big vision, and I, you know, been a fan of the league as you have for a long time. Mm hmm. I like that we've got a guy with a big vision who's not just trying the same old things that we've done. I mean, you've been around this league for a long time, Bob. I've been around it for know, 25 years, and I've seen some of the same things tried over and over and over again with the same results. So,
1: Which is the definition of insanity,
3: right? Right. Yeah. And so let's do something. Let's think yeah. big. I think we've got a great product. You know how much, how proud I am of this league. So... We got a great product that I think is going to be well received globally and let's, let's do it. Let's, let's push the boundaries here. And I know it's going to make some people uncomfortable, but let's do it. And you know, we still got to do it right, Yep. but let's do it.
1: I've come around to Ambrosi's plan when I first heard about it. And you know, I thought, and I'm obviously a traditionalist and probably a little old school. I wasn't so sure about it, but I've come around. I think he's on the right track.
3: Well, we're foolish to think that we're the only ones playing football besides the Americans.
1: Are we ever? Yeah. Yeah,
3: There's football being played globally, and there's going to be good athletes and good football players
1: uh, coming out. There's more football in Europe than I was aware of. Oh, it's
3: it's, yeah, it's really big. And it's been around for a long time. There have been guys going over and coaching, and they've been playing football over there. Even in Mexico, Mm -hmm. they've been playing football for a long time. Now, is it the high-end experience yet? No, but you know what? Let's not complain about it. Let's help it grow.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you excited about uh, training camp? Can you not wait, or can you wait? <laughs> oh, I yeah, I
3: I love when the players roll start in. Start tomorrow. If I love could, when you? the players roll in. There's yeah. just
1: a different feel
3: about it. It makes the coaches extremely happy. Uh, it's it's almost hard to contain yourself when you see the players start showing up. Um, so yes, that is a huge void in the off season. Um, But you do need the time because there is a lot of work to be done and a lot of thought to be put into how we're going to run everything
1: and how we're going to win a championship. Mike, thanks for doing this. Appreciate you coming down here tonight. No,
3: uh, thanks for having me down here. I would be remiss to say my buddy Matt's listening. I I haven't seen him in a while because I don't see him at the rink very often anymore, obviously, or down at the stadium. But we'll see you soon, Matt. This is the Bomber
1: Winter Special on 680-CJOB. Now it's a pleasure to welcome Blue Bomber middle linebacker Adam Bighill, who is spending his first off-season as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber and spending some of it, at least here in Winnipeg. How's it been, Adam? Oh, it's been great. It's been great. Thanks for having me on. No problem. You've been handling the weather okay?
4: Yeah, I've been uh, I've been out there for you know in Winnipeg for a few trips uh, at a week at a time and you know I every time I'm out there I seem to hit the uh, the coldest <laughs> weeks of the of the year of you know minus forty to minus fifty but um, you know it's good getting getting used to it uh, that way next winter will be no no problem.
1: I want to get your take on some of the things that have happened around the league in free agency, starting out in BC where. Ed Hervey has really uh, made a lot of moves, starting with the signing of, of Mike Riley. How did you see all of that?
4: Well, I mean, you could kind of tell that they were kind of poised to make a, a big splash. Um, you know, I mean, I think uh, everyone had the feel that Jonathan Jennings was definitely not going to be the quarterback there anymore. And Travis, um, you know, his injury history, uh, not sure what they were going to do. Obviously, he has a lot of football left in the tank if he still wanted to play. Um, obviously, him hanging up the cleats, kind of, you know, you kind of felt that there was something big going to happen out there. And you know, even last year, they made a lot of changes to that team, brought in a lot of new guys. So, um, you know, kind of expected it.
1: Yeah, and then Trevor Harris winds up in Edmonton, just when you think maybe the Eskimos have been weakened at that position, they go out and get a pretty good guy.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, the West is going to be extremely competitive once again. And I mean, um, you know, every every. Every quarterback, I mean, top quarterback now seems to be
2: <laughs>
4: in the West. I mean, minus Basoli, who's one of the top quarterbacks in the East, obviously. But um, mm-hmm. it's going to be very competitive.
1: I know you had great regard for Jovan Santos-Knox, who was playing beside you last year. He is gone as a free agent to the Edmonton Eskimos. Adam, how do you, how do you feel about the way the linebacking core is going to shape up now that he's gone?
4: <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, you know, we got a guy, Kyrie Wilson, who's been kind of waiting and working really hard in the ranks, and, um, you know, he's a he's a talented football player, and, you know, I'm excited to kind of be able to learn, uh, you know, how he likes to play the game and, you know, get, get us both on the same page, so we're playing extremely fast.
1: And then Anthony Gator, as Mike O'Shea and I talked about earlier in the show, he really came on toward the end of last year, didn't he?
4: Yeah, he's a Gator's is a fantastic player. I mean, he's a guy that's flexible, not to play nearly any position on the field and in the, in, the, in the secondary. Um, you know, he's a, he's a guy I played with in BC. He's a guy that you know actually went down to the Saints with me for a bit of time. He's a guy that you know he just works extremely hard, uh, cares a lot about it, cares about his teammates, wants to be wants to be perfect, and um, you know those are the kind of, kind of guys that you can't have enough of.
1: How's your off season been in terms of uh, your workout regimen? Have you changed it, Adam, in any way, or is it uh, you know the same sort of nose to the grindstone approach as always?
4: Oh, I mean, I'm always trying to find things to get more efficient and, and become better. Uh, you know, trying to find you know areas of weaknesses or things that I need to focus on more and. You know, so that's always a focus. Um, you know, but when it comes down to it, every single day I'm doing some sort of training to make myself better. So, um, you know, still grinding
1: super hard. Can you get any faster?
4: Yeah, yeah, I'm working <laughs> on that. I'm not saying you need to, but I've ever been. What's that? So this year I'll be the fastest player I've ever
1: been. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying you need to, but I, you know when players talk about how they they work is there is there a specific area you work on, or is it just a matter of the whole the whole package?
4: Uh, I mean, you got to work on the whole package because as a, as a as a football player, especially a linebacker, you got to be able to do it all. You got to be able to have the power to play. Uh, in the box and, and, and stop the run. And you got to be able athleticism of a defensive back to be able to go and play the pass. And, um, so you've got to be a hybrid of types and be able to do it all. And, um, you know, so that's what I focus on is, is basically the ability to be the best athlete I can be and be the strongest athlete I can be and make sure those things kind of blend together.
1: So when a team loses players like Chris Randall, although he was let go by the club and, and Western Dressler, veteran guys like that what has to happen for those voids to be filled adam
4: well i mean you you gotta have other leaders step up for sure i mean there's um there's guys that you know learn under these veterans that that learn how to play this game and learn what it takes to be successful and and those guys that you've mentioned were some of the top veterans i played with in this league and you know, I mean, their leadership has has definitely been instilled in
2: younger guys,
4: and um, you know, it's time for some new guys to kind of step up and take some of those responsibilities. And um, you know, I mean, it's just the way it works. And and I mean, obviously, um, you don't force anybody to be a leader, but it kind of naturally happens organically. So I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to kind of see how this year our our, our team is gonna be developing.
1: So many players are signing one-year contracts now. Why did you, Why did you commit to three years with the Blue Bombers?
4: Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I uh, wanted to commit to commit to this team, commit to this city. Um, you know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, even though um, you know contracts in the CFL are not guaranteed, so I mean, I signed a three-year deal. I mean, I could get cut after the first year. I could get cut after the second year. I can never you know, maybe see the entirety of the contract and, um, but you know, you, you, uh, negotiate with good faith and, um, you know, I mean, I have a good relationship with, with Kyle and, and, and those guys. So, um, you know, I, I feel that being able to commit to a city is important for me. I want to be involved in the city and in the community. Um, you know, I want to pe- I want people to know I'm going to be around. I want people to feel comfortable being able to buy my Jersey, knowing that I'm going to be here for a long time, you know, and, <laughs> You know that stuff's important to me, and and um, you know that's, that's that's why I wanted to sign a long term deal.
1: Do you think you've developed a sense of what it would mean to the fans here, the the loyal fans here, to see this team win the Grey Cup this year after 29 years of waiting?
4: Yeah, it's been far too long, and uh, you know every fan I run across uh, reminds me of, of the painful drought. And um, you know it's, it's it's great to see the passion of how much people care and um you know it's just it's different than other places i've been and it's just it's great to see because that's what you want you want fans that are passionate and they care deeply about what we do and how we do it so um you know it's going to be great to be able to bring the cup back to to winnipeg
1: this coming year you don't think there's going to be a labor shutdown do you
4: uh i don't anticipate one i don't see this negotiation being as as tough as the last one You know, last one, we were trying to add, you know, 30% more to the salary cap and um, the new TV deal. And we don't really have that kind of issue this year, but, you know, the players are, you know, we are always looking for new ways to and better ways to take care of the players in this game. And, you know, I think the clubs are always looking for uh, more ability to give themselves flexibility or whatever it might be with handling the clubs or handling, handling the players. So, you know, as always, we'll we'll try to meet somewhere in the middle, but you know there'll be some gain on
1: both ends. Happy to tell you, I'm being joined by Blue Bomber quarterback Matt Nichols. Matt, how are you?
5: Oh, I'm great. Now I'm talking to you.
1: <laughs> I told him to say that, folks. Um, how's your off season going?
5: <laughs> Man, it's going incredible. Um, you know, did a, did a little bit of early traveling, December, early January, and then since then it's been. Pretty much just locked in and uh, uh you know, training hard, eating really good. Right now I'm ten days into a, a strict eating regiment, so you know, I'm trying to try to do anything I can to just kinda of take it to the next level and improve prove uh, areas of my game and, and one of them that I'm focused on right now is being able to, you know, be in better shape throughout the whole season and run around a little more and make some more plays that way.
1: Can you give us any details of the diet that you're on?
5: Oh yeah, well right well for the most part uh you know I have my my board up that's kind of holds myself accountable but it's uh no gluten, no refined sugars, no eating after 9, uh no alcohol, and the number one is no sneaking bites of my kids mac and cheese or grilled cheese which is really hard cuz I really don't like wasting food and then I just
1: looks so good when, when they only eat half of it. Yeah, I know the feeling. What could you have a Kit Kat or an Aero chocolate bar? No, absolutely not. Really? No. And you couldn't have a ba- Michelob Ultra? I'm eating, no, I'm basically eating
5: eggs, veggies, meat, and protein shakes. That's about the extent of it. It's very unexciting. I eat an apple for dessert when I'm really feeling the
1: sugar juice. <laughs> Geez, that's, that's a pretty boring existence you're living in, Matt?
5: It is It is very boring, actually. You know, like, uh, I've seen a quote that says, you know, the decision to make every day to have a six-pack or be happy, and it's, it's very true, but I'm, I'm trying to make the choice of the the six-pack way right now.
1: Okay. Well, good for you. Now, so is this a – I know when athletes get a little older, and by quarterback standards you're certainly not old, but they do make more concessions to conditioning and diet and all the rest of that. Is this just a matter of that? Yeah,
5: I mean, I think I've been evolving the last four or five years, and really just kind of, um, yeah, I think maybe, maybe just, as, you know, as I, you know, I'll be thirty-two this month, and so, uh, you know, as a quarterback, like you said, that's not that old, but at the same time, I mean, when you're playing full seasons in a row, um, you know, it starts to wear on you a little bit. and You just feel like you want to, you, know, you want to make sure that you're as prepared as you can for the for the season, and now I know know what it takes to kind of get through a season and try and see where I can make changes especially end season for me I feel like I've always been all right you know pretty pretty strict in the off season and get in the season and and uh you know all the guys go out to dinner and, and and all that stuff so you know try and just uh you know reel some of that in a little bit and make sure
6: that I'm
1: kind of in peak performance from from week one to you know, week 25 basically yeah you had that uh I call it a fluke knee injury toward the end of training camp last year. Um, have you done anything, Matt, in the off season to, I don't know if there's anything you could do to prevent something like that?
5: No, I mean, one of those things is just unpreventable and and happens all the time to guys. It just so happened that it happened to me in training camp and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, missed a couple of weeks. And there's a lot of time during the season where guys miss three and four weeks for, for that sort of thing. And, um, you know, it's it's no big deal. It's kind of an expected thing. I think it's just when it's quarterback, it's a little more magnified and uh, it was just something where you know, I, I was I had you know, kind of the finger injury the year before that I had played with and then um, you know, I just had to take that little lump, you know, to start the season and then the rest of the season was um, you know, nice and solid for me as far as injuries go. I was able to stay healthy the rest of the year and felt and, and great and honestly, right now, it's body feels as good as it's ever felt, feels strong. It's like I'm kind of figuring out, uh, you know, the perfect training for me and, and uh, you know, kind of in the communication with guys in Winnipeg as well as my trainer down here. You know, they're talking a little bit more now, I think just kind of making sure that I'm getting everything I need and, and I feel great right now. I feel as strong and as fast as I've felt in years.
1: What areas, Matt Nichols, do, would you like to see the bomber offense better at in the coming season keeping in mind that you guys were the one of the highest scoring teams in the league last year
5: yeah for sure i mean i think it's a couple years in a row now we've been there at the top but um you know it's just the consistency to, to get better and better i mean i feel like uh you know we did make a bunch of big plays and and uh move the ball very well up and down the field i mean you don't you don't put that put up that many points without you know, having some good production, but at the same time, I mean, we're we're very hard on ourselves. I'm extremely hard on myself, and I you know I go back and watch games, and you know it's just this three or four plays a game that um, you know turn a a win into a blowout, and you know just trying you know level up every single year. I feel like we've done a good job of eliminating things that didn't work so well, and adding new things that we hope to you know work well this year, and you know luckily. You know, I work with coaches that are always trying to find an edge and always evolving, always changing and try to stay ahead of defenses. And And obviously we, we had a few games here and there where we struggled. And you would just like to have a few, you know, eliminate those things and just be consistent from start to finish every game, um, which obviously it's a game that's imperfect and, and built to have some some adversity. But, uh, you yeah, know, we, we strive to – just consistently kind of put up points quarter by quarter. And I, I do think that, um, you know, we, we would come out firing pretty good and then you know just kind of get rid of that little bit of a lull in the middle of the game because I always felt like we were a great fourth-quarter team, but, you know, how can we kind of sustain that for four
1: quarters is a is focus for me. I'm sure you've been watching the free agency in the off season, and uh, your club was in the running and, I guess, close to signing both Ellingson and Darrell Walker what would either of those guys have meant to you and your offense?
5: I mean, they're obviously they're dynamic guys. There's a reason why they're you know, tops in the league and, uh, you know, in the last few years, but at the same time, I mean, if, you know, if you don't want to play with us and uh, you know, we'll see you across the line. So that's, you know, that's my, my feeling on it. And um, you know, either with us or against us, you know, some guys chose not to be with us and, and that's perfectly fine that we've, We've we've got some dudes in the building that are ready to, uh, you know, take that next step, and, and I can't wait to see what those guys did this off season to come back and and ready to, uh, you know, add to this offense and add dynamic to this offense in their own way. And like I said, every year is changing, and we've, yeah, you know, we've we've had a lot of different guys in their last few years, and still managed to to put up some points and win win a lot of football games. So, you know, regardless of who we line up out there, they're going to be well-coached hard workers and, and guys that understand that uh, you, know, you don't want to be the one to let the guy down next to you. You know, that's that's just kind of the, the culture that we have there in the locker room and the, the leadership that we have. So, you know, I'm I'm fully happy with everyone that we have on our roster right now going to win football games.
1: It became uh, quite clear as free agency approached, Matt, that Mike Riley was going to go back to BC. What uh, Were you surprised at the money that he and – Bow got around seven fifty a year, yeah I mean obviously
5: it's a big surprise when you know that's a couple hundred thousand dollar jump from from already kind of the highest paid player in the league, so obviously that was a bit of a surprise for some reason i I kind of had the gut feeling that that he was gonna end up going there um, you know I think how he had he not started his career there uh, it might it might have been a little different but when it's a team that you know he started his career with. That's close to home. I mean, there's just a lot of things that kind of added up to where, you know, a lot of familiar faces there now. You uh, know, it seemed like that was probably going to be the way he was going to me. But yeah, of course. I mean, the the money jump was a uh, was a decent surprise from those two guys. But at the same time, I mean, it's a a little bit of a supply and demand, uh, just an econ math problem when you know there's four or five teams looking for guys and there's you know, those, kind of those three uh, marquee guys that were out there, um, You know, the supply and demand just kind of drives the price up, and and uh, you know, that's obviously what happened.
1: Yeah. Uh, you lost a couple of key offensive linemen, and uh, R- Matthias Gosen, who retired and Suk Chung, uh, went home to BC. Any concerns from you in that regard?
5: No, we got guys that are going to step right in that, that have played a lot of football, and, and, uh, and we have the continuity with you know, having those tackles there, having Patty there, um, you know, the guys that are going to be stepping in, have been in the building for a while now and have played football for us. So you know, I think they're, you know, step right in, do a great job, obviously. It's tough losing those guys. Uh, you know, they've, they've been with me really since I started playing there. Uh, you know, goose took over a couple of games in after I got traded and, and never, uh, never gave up that spot. So it could have been in there a the whole time. And, uh, you know, when you play that much football with guys like that, you're around. Obviously, you're around them all day, every day, in meetings with them. Uh, you know, for me, it's you know feeding them, making sure, taking care of them. You know, you build a bond with those guys, and and uh, obviously, you know, for Matthias, you know, if 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 you feel like you're done playing, you're done playing. I mean, it's not a sport where you want to go in and and not play if does You know, if you're not going to want to put everything you have into it, and you know, wish him the best in, in his new career. and, and uh, you know, wish Suk could have stayed, but obviously everyone has their own reasons for for things that they do or, or whatever. And you know, I wish him the best. He'll always be a brother to me, and and uh, you know, obviously I hope hope he loses every time I play against him. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, aside from that, I always wish him the best, and he's a good, become a good friend of mine, and someone I'll always stay in contact with.
1: Well, you open the season, the regular season in Vancouver. That's going to be fun, isn't it?
5: Yeah, it'll be fun for uh, you know a number of reasons, and and you know first and foremost it'll be fun because that means the season is going again, and yeah. and uh, yeah, no, I've, I, I'm I'm excited for it, and, and uh, I love playing in the dome there. So uh, obviously it'll be a lot of great storylines for you guys, but for us it'll be uh, you know us against whoever's lining across from us.
1: Well, listen, Matt, thanks for doing this. Much appreciated. Treat yourself to a bowl of ice cream or a Michelob Ultra,
5: On uh, March 31st. <laughs> I'll have
1: some. The Bomber Winter Special on 680 CJOB. Join now on our Blue Bomber Winter Special by running back Andrew Harris. Did we have to pull you off a hockey rink somewhere, Andrew, to do this?
6: No, I'm relaxing tonight. Uh, but, yeah, I've been uh, I'm playing lots of uh, lots of hockey and a bit of basketball, so... Um, I haven't really slowed down too too much since the uh, since the season ended, and um, it's been has been a great way for me to to stay stay in shape and stay active. So um, that's been a great one so
1: far. How do the Bombers feel about you playing hockey? Um, well,
6: I've I've been open and honest with uh, you know every coach that I've had about it, and um, there hasn't been too much said about that. I used to drive a motorcycle actually when I was in in Vancouver and. Well, we didn't really like that too much, so um, I guess you know the motorcycle compared to you know playing some puck, um, you know it's a bit, bit different dynamic, but uh, both can be dangerous. But uh, you know I try to just you know get out there and and, and skate, and um, you know anytime it gets kind of hairy, I kind of try to get out of that. But uh, um, it, but it's, it's it's like I said, it's a, it's a great cross trainer for me, um, and it, it beats beats running on a treadmill um, you know in the winter so yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a fun way to, to stay active
1: do, you, uh, do you guys ever try to take a shot at you Andrew Harris big star athlete I'll cut you down to size anybody take any cheap runs at you
6: no um, I've never had never had anything like that um, but like you know it is, is competitive so you know sometimes you know guys get a little too competitive but uh, again whenever that, that stuff kind of goes on I just try to try to skate away and, and, and get out of it and um I mean, uh, there's definitely some, uh, there's definitely some aggression and and you know there's some testosterone that's trying to be released in, in uh, in those games. So, um, but I mean, it's kind of makes it fun as, as well too. It's it's, it's competitive. It's a great way to to get out and, and move around and uh, um, yeah, it's it's been fun so far.
1: Lots of uh, player movement this off season, Andrew. We knew there would be because there were so many free agents. Anything that really caught your eye or surprised you, not just with your club but with the other teams in the West.
6: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think when you look at BC, um, I don't know where they're getting all this money to do this. Cause I feel like a lot of the guys that they're getting, you know, are, are high price tag guys, but, uh, yeah, I feel like they made a, a lot of changes and, um, there'll be a lot of new faces, not only in their, in their rosters, but on their coaching staffs. Um, you know, I think Edmonton did a really good job and, um, you know, just sharing up their defense with those linebackers and, um, you know, it's, 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 I knew it was going to be a lot of movement and a lot of things going on, but I didn't expect it to, to change this much. No. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's, I know I saw some power rankings come out, um, I think last week or, or maybe, maybe I maybe it was over the weekend, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how anyone can, can, you know, speculate how the season's going to go. Cause you know, every team is just so, so much different. Um, and, and it's, and it, the, the power and, uh, advantages you know from the east to west has definitely shifted i think um i think a lot, i feel like there's a lot of guys who were who have came over to uh to the to the west from the east that they're they they're marquee players and um you know uh, you got guys like greg ellingson um you know trevor harris um you know there's 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 a number of william powell of saskatchewan i mean there's there's quite a few you know top end you know players that uh that have came over here so it's definitely going to be, you know, even 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 a more competitive West than um, than it has been, I think, and it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And I mean, it, it's it's one thing to have, um, you know, all these guys in your roster and, and have a big shift in your roster, but it's, it's another thing for those guys to gel well together and and work out. And I mean, definitely a, a firm believer of, you know, your your team your team runs as, as well as you guys gel, and uh, you know, and how you guys click in the in the locker room and you know, for for us, I think that's you know holding you know as many guys out of our nucleus together, like like I've always said, um, together and that and, and is important. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how all these teams go with all these new additions and and uh, and how they adjust to it.
1: The power rankings, I haven't seen any. Where did they have you guys rated?
6: They had us second, actually. Oh. So it was Calgary. Yeah, it was Calgary, us, yes, and then uh, I kind of just stopped paying attention after that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's 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 kind of tough to uh, to speculate. I mean, I mean, sure uh, that's great that they think that, but uh, you
1: know, we'll uh, we'll have to see how you know we get to camp and the beginning of the season starts. Are you as excited as ever about the coming season as you would have been five or six years ago, or even more excited?
6: Well, five or six years ago, I mean, I was in a spot where I wasn't, uh, you know, as as you know, happy and, and and you know, wanting to be where I'm at right now. But uh, definitely, I think you know, the last few years I've been very very excited about the season and about our team, and um, you know, more so this year too. I guess just you know, been here for it was my fourth season now. You know, I know know the coaching staff very very well, um, enjoying my players very very well, and uh, you know, we've been building something great here um and it's just you know every year i'm just getting more excited to to getting closer and closer to to capping this thing off so um i think yeah any 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 year from now on until uh i'm I'm done playing um you know with the bombers is going to be you know a big year for me and one that i'm excited about and looking forward to and um you know again i i i really i really feel you know we we do have something great going and and um and just talking with the guys in this this off season about you know how excited we are about getting back after it and um, you know, just our just our, our, our goals and, and, and what we're trying to achieve is is definitely something that I'm excited about uh getting after with the guys. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um and I and I, you know, June June can't come any Well, I guess you call it May. Yeah, is it May yet
1: because uh May can't come any sooner. Andrew, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Awesome, thanks so much. See you at training camp. All right, see ya. Blue bomber <laughs> running back, Andrew Harris. Pleased to be joined by Doug Brown, who is uh Blue Bomber, Canadian football hall of famer, but more importantly, CJOB's resident football guru and expert, along with me, of course, and Eddie Tate from Blue Bombers... I wasn't kid. I him. thought you were going to say right. expert babysitter yeah. or, well, diaper yeah, or diaper yeah. changer. Now, yeah, diaper The roles have changed, Bob. Six. How is six-month-old Sophia? By the way, now
7: don't she's, take up the whole half hour. She's but getting t- very loud, very yeah. animated. She's starting; her personality is shining through. All right. And, uh, she must have some boisterous parents or something because yeah. she's uh, she's a little much to handle sometimes. That's little, for sure.
1: Maybe an outgoing dad has something to do with that. <laughs> and Ed Tate from BlueBombers.com is here. Not I, last, but not least. I am here, Bob. Right. How are you, Eddie? fantastic. Let me start off with you guys on this. Uh, the Canadian Football League Players Association has hired a kind of a labor uh, guru. expert guru, yeah, a lawyer, Ken Giorgetti, to head up the negotiations with Randy Ambrosie in the Canadian Football League, although Ambrosie has a negotiator too, a lawyer. There'll be lots of people at that table. Uh, when things start, is it tomorrow, Ed? They start Started the day, today. Uh, today, yeah. Yep. Um, and, and there's been some noise made by the players about how they're not going to take no for an answer in certain areas. And, Doug, you were a player up for many years. It's it's inconceivable to me that this league would ever have a labor shutdown. Doug, do you think there's any possibility that these two sides won't somehow, as much as the players are making demands, come to an agreement of some kind before training camp opens?
7: I think it's, it's improbable, but I, I think there's a lot of Potential anger there as well. I think they're tired of being taken out behind the woodshed and uh, losing things left, right, and center. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, There's always a lot of promise and optimism and a lot of great things going on in the league until they sit down at the negotiating table and then the script changes and all these clubs are losing money and everything. And it's interesting. They're they're really harping on that statement that Randy Ambrosi made that he wants to be partners. With the Players Association, but I think their line in the stand in the sand that everyone is talking about is just catastrophic injury insurance for players. I think that is the non-starter mm-hmm. uh, for the Players Association in terms of what they want to accomplish. Uh, the Jonathan Hefney, you know, this is a scenario where you know even back when I was a player rep, we were talking about this and how it should be in place. And there aren't a ton of scenarios where you would have to tap into a fund like this. But, uh, you know, we have that example of player like Jonathan Hefney where it takes more than a year for him medically to be okay and to be, uh, you know, uh, put back as well as he started, as as approximate as you can get in terms of returning his health. And, uh, you know, I think that has to be something that is included in the new deal for the the player Association to be happy.
1: That should not be a deal breaker, though, because, Doug, as you say, that's an isolated case. It's not like there's... 50 guys out there who got hurt the last two years and and need treatment for three, four, or five years down the road.
7: I I think the hardest thing is delineating which injuries... Uh, do you get continued care yeah. for, and which ones do you not? Right, Big like maybe area there. maybe I have some arthritis, or I have mm-hmm. something you know lingering from football. Yeah. Well, I want rehabilitation for you know it's it's a slippery slope. Once you say yes to something, then you have right. to you have to be specific in your definition of what a, a catastrophic injury is. Right. Sure. So, Ed, what do you make of
8: uh, the labor noise? Well, I found one of the interesting things that the PA was talking about last week was the guaranteed contracts idea. I'm not sure that that's a that's going to go over very well with the the owners. Uh, but that's sort of a that's always a starting point when these things get underway. I think as for the moon, and... uh, yeah, ask for the moon, and then see what can happen. You know, uh, I'm going to look at it from the other side. So I, I agree that the players deserve an awful lot more than what they've been getting. You know, and I think the partnership thing is something that they're going to press for. On the other hand, you know, it, it, you don't have to look too far around this league to see some trouble spots. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think... That's anybody, always the case, though. Yeah, it, it is. But, you know, so it's not... What I'm saying is that, you know, if you want a bigger share of the pie, I'm not sure how big the pie is right now because yeah. of the problem areas. And, you know, Montreal we used to be a shining star of an organization, and now it's not. Toronto's had its issues. You know, we know what's going on in Vancouver where they're... You've fallen behind the Vancouver Whitecaps, I think, in that market in terms of profile. So there's a lot of uh, things to be resolved still, and I think that's where you've got two sides are going to bang heads here for a while. I expect something will get done, but it might not be signed until, you know, a couple days before training camp or even into training camp. That always seems to be the way these things play
1: out. Not to take sides out. Players talk about revenue sharing. Yeah. Toronto I'm told Toronto loses between 6 and 8 9 million dollars every year the Argos the BC Lions averaging 19,000 fans a game got to be losing millions Montreal has to be losing millions right now they weren't a few years ago but they have to be right now so and the bombers might make a little money Saskatchewan makes a lot of money Edmonton makes a fair amount of money Calgary yeah they make some money but not a great deal Hamilton's making some money now. Ottawa's making a little bit of money, so there's just not a lot of excess revenue for the players to get, the, in my view, for the players to get their hands on, unless they're going to drive the league into financial peril again.
8: Well, the, you just mentioned the three biggest markets as being in trouble, and that's a third of this league. It's a small league, and it's not like uh, you know you've got a Dallas Cowboys and and the NFL is just a giant money maker. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but yeah. I, I just don't. You know this league is better than it's ever been, but I, I, I'm not sure that the uh, that it's something where the players can come in and say, "Look, all nine of you guys have made uh, enormous profits. We want some more of that." I just don't see that's going where it's going to be, and I I think that the players will get some concessions in terms of long-term injury and and some of those things. I think Randy Ambrosi is willing to work on, but. When it comes to you know massive, I think a lot of people are expecting that the salary cap's going to go up dramatically. I don't think that's going to happen either. So it's going to be a very very intriguing uh, negotiation. You know, I, I think it's interesting the
7: BC Lions have done very well previously. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes used to be the hottest ticket in yep. town yep. previously. Uh, to me, I find it always peculiar that the the players seem to share in the failures of the CFL, but they don't share in the successes and the victories of the CFL in terms of TV contracts and so on and so forth going forward. The CFL is an interesting situation in the fact that their landscape used to be, they didn't have competition. They, you know, outside of the NFL, they were only legitimate professional football league in North America. Now, all of a sudden, Uh, With your, you know, all of a sudden I heard the 70,000 minimum uh, salary thrown out there by Randy Ambrosio or or someone associated with him. Because guess what? That's kind of what the minimum entry now for other competing football leagues now that are looking at these players that aren't, uh, you know, on the entry level into the NFL. There you now have to compete for this kind of talent And uh, so I think the landscape has totally shifted. I think the players have always had to share in the failures of Guys running businesses, sometimes they do well. Like I say, Montreal perennially has not been bad. They're not doing great right now, but that's a reflection of management, coaching staff, the team they've put together, so on and so forth. Same with the BC Lions, we've seen them doing very, very well. So it is it is interesting that when things go well for the CFL and there's record high TV contracts and, and things as such, you don't see them sharing in those Windfalls, but you certainly see them sharing in the pitfalls.
1: But you know what? They did share in the last CBA. I mean, the salary cap went up. Yeah, a lot. Look, in I, the I last complete... CBA, it went up. what, hundred thousand About a hundred thousand? No, that was fifty thousand. Yeah, no, 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 fifty thousand a year. But in the first year of the agreement, okay. it was up substantially, five or six hundred thousand. What I would in the worry, first year.
8: What I would worry about right now that seems to be happening is it. There are players that are making a lot of money now. The quarterbacks are getting paid, yeah. and if the minimum comes up, that the what they're talking about that the concern now is that the middle class is getting cut out here. Is that you're going to have a bunch of, you're, you're paying for your quarterbacks quarterback and everybody at minimum. Right. (laughs) And so that's what happens is it's the second and third and fourth year veteran that, uh, it might be in trouble here because of the way this has has played out. The guys like Mike Riley, Bo Levi Mitchell, Trevor Harris, they're all getting huge raises and, and, and somehow a lot of guys are going to be wondering what's going on for me. And there's still free agents out there that haven't been signed. Mm -hmm. And I think they fall into that category.
1: Well, we'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, Again, you have to hope that cooler heads will prevail, and I'm sure they will, because the Canadian Football League—the uh, last thing it could ever afford—is a—is a shutdown. It would just make no sense for either side. So we'll see how that goes. But let's talk about the Bombers, Doug. Um, they lost a couple of key players: Taylor Loeffler, Suk Chung, um, Matthias Gosen retired. Nothing they could do about that. Chris Randall. Chris Randall. They let go. Uh, um, Javon Santos knox and Taylor Lawfer and Suk Chung probably the three key players they lost, and their center in free agency. Well, he retired though, yeah. yeah. True. So but there's he's still nothing a they loss. can do about that. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, do you see them having or being able to fill those holes, or have they been weakened by those moves? Yeah, you know, I think anytime you have successive
7: winning seasons, you have to rely more and more and more on your scouting department to unearth cheaper talent. You need those new players coming in that are having lower salaries that can still be impact players. Uh, because when you win a lot, everybody wants a raise. People take are willing to pay for some of your guys. You yep. get all these guys leaving, and it's now it's, okay, what are you doing? You can't just go out and, and win free agency like you've done before in the past. You have to rely on your scouting department now to start bringing in impact players at lower salaries because they're not established. So this is a real Interesting um, uh, pivot season, I think, for this football club, where uh, you know they're really going to have to uh, focus in and, and see what they can unearth in order to fill those voids. I don't think. I think it's different in the sense that they've always been able to just, you know, take their shopping cart down free agency lane and throw mm-hmm. whatever they wanted in their cart, and now they have to be much more mindful of, of the price and uh, you know what the cost and the the cost benefit ratio of anything
1: they throw in that cart. Ed, how do you see the pluses and minuses?
8: Well, I think what is gonna be different is that they've lost Canadian starters, and that's always a concern when you you know, Matthias Gosen retired, but Suk Chung moved on, Taylor Loeffler moved on. You're only supposed to start seven, and that's three right there. That's mm-hmm. a that's a big staff, hit. Yeah. That's a big hit. And uh, you know Taylor Loeffler got paid in free agency, and Suk Chung, from my understand, is now the highest paid offensive lineman or Canadian offensive lineman in this league. So two hundred twenty thousand yeah, a year. That's a As lot a of guard. money for
1: a guard. Exactly. Unbelievable.
8: And so, and the bombers pushed their chips in. I heard you earlier with Kyle talking about you know Greg Allinson and Durrell Walker. They were in on those two. So they they took their hits, but you know when you look at free agency as a whole, you have to consider in that in in what's happened is that Big Hill's back, Jeff Coates back, Willie Jefferson adds is a is a big addition.
1: Brandon Alexander, Brandon Alexander.
8: There's some there's some holes with this team, but you have to hope, like Doug said, that there's some people that will will step in, and I I still like the core of this bunch, and it's a team that uh, you know won a playoff game finally last year and, and got closer. Uh, there's still going to be question marks, but look across the league, and I think that sometimes free agency masks what's also happened. You can't tell me, even though Edmonton did a great job of loading up, that they're not—I mean, this is a team that was 9-9 nine and nine last year and has lost the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. So they lost Duke Williams. They lost Darrell Walker. Yes, they added Harris and Ellingson and some other pieces, but— to me, that's barely treading water. So, sure. I, you know, that, that's what you have to do sometimes is take a step back and
1: look at free agency as a whole. Uh, Doug, let's uh, get your thoughts on the D line. So, Jackson Jeffcoat resigns. Craig Rowe is back again. Brandon Bryant, the young tackle who uh, had some good moments last year. Jake Thomas has been resigned. They added Max Ford as a Canadian D lineman. Uh, and, of course, Willie Jefferson. Uh, Tristan Ugo is gone. Drake Nevis hasn't re-signed, although he could still enter the picture. Do you think they're as good there as they've been? Well, I think they're—they've got—they're going to have fantastic edge pressure. I'm not mm. quite sh-
7: sure or sold on what's going to happen in the middle of that defensive line, which which could prove to be interesting. But yeah, they could have some of the best rushing edge tandems in the in the CFL. And it's amazing. You, you want to talk about holes in your secondary, uh, you know, Randall gone and Loeffler gone and uh, Javon Santos-Knox gone. You know what cures all those problems is immediate and Pass consistent rush. and constant pressuring a quarterback uh, you know, forcing a guy to get the ball off his hands and 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 making them one-dimensional, your defensive line, a bunch of studs there, uh, you can really change the nature of, and you can really patch things up, right? It can uh, provide a band-aid solution for a lot of different problem areas in, in your back end, so... Um, I'd like to see them, uh, obviously, Drake Nevis, is, uh, he was a presence. He kind of set the tone. And it starts you know, down the middle, I think, with the defensive line. So it's still important who they bring uh, to go you know, in, uh, in between that uh, triangle of the guards in the center there. But we'll see. They've certainly done a good
1: job shoring up with, the, with their edge rushers. Ed, or Ed, how do you see their defense shaping up at this point?
8: Well, when you add a Willie Jefferson, who's a freak of nature, he's the, he might be the best athlete in the league. I think he's just going to change things, and he's such a dynamic presence up front. There is a question about what they're going to play at defensive tackle befi- beside Brandon Bryant if they go Canadian there, which it sounds like they will because they might go with three Americans on the O-line. Mm-hmm. So you'll have some sort of rotation of Jake Thomas and, and Max Ford and maybe a draft pick or somebody else if there's another Canadian out there. and. So that's that's a change. I really like some of the pieces that were in the secondary. Now, Chris Randall's one of my favorite guys ever uh, to deal with, and as a player and a leader and all that stuff, I, I don't know how you replace that, but I do know that at the end of last year, remember we saw Chris Humes in that regular season finale? Mm-hmm. There's a guy that I really like, and, and they seem to be able to find... Uh, defensive backs. As much as fans will criticize their inability to find the next star receiver, the one thing this team has done is turn over the secondary an awful lot in the last little while and find some good pieces. So I'm not so much worried about what's there on the back end there.
1: Well, and Marcus Sales was so good last year. Brandon Alexander really came on, and they signed him to a new two-year deal. They signed Winston Rose uh, as a free agent who, you know, is... (laughs) Pardon me, started many games in this league. Let's go over to the offensive side of, before I drop dead here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the receivers, Darvin Adams, Drew wallatarski and who's the third one? Nick be a, Dick Demsky. okay. Yep. After those three, who are the bomber receivers going to be? Because those those are going to be three of them.
8: Well, it, there's been talk about playing another Canadian there because of they like Daniel Peters, Peterman and Rashawn Simon I so much. I think that you have to hope that an American guy that they bring in finally steps up. Then we t- saw Kenny Lawler last year, Corey Washington last year. There's a couple of intriguing names that they've added, and Garrett Johnson, who was a star at Kentucky, and Dom Washington, who put up real huge numbers at Washington State. Those are the kind of prospects that we you hope that one of those guys, one of those guys, grabs a job. But we've that's been a revolving door in the last yep. little while of. of Trying to find an American like Duke Williams, or trying to find an American like Darrell Walker, uh, well, this franchise hasn't done it in a long time. So those guys would be under the magnifying glass. Okay. I was listening to you talk to Matt
7: Nichols about you know what he wanted the offense to do better or to improve on offense that they did very well last year, and in my mind they're they're methodical. I'd like to see them have the ability to be explosive right. as well as methodical. And uh, th- that involves having a home run hitter, a guy if you get the ball to and he makes one guy miss. He's just there's no catching him. There's no bringing him back. So it would be, you know, if they could add a single dimension like that to this offense, uh, a threat like that. I think the, the Canadian depth they have at receiving uh, is, is fantastic. Uh, some of those guys I really like, but I don't know if you want them as your, your, your primary targets, as mm-hmm. your first or second uh, receivers in your offense. I think they're they're going to do a great job. They're continually improving, and I think they'll equip themselves well, but I, I do think they need a, an American
1: home run hitter for sure. I'm told that if Chris Matthews doesn't find work in the National Football League, there's every chance he will sign with the Blue Bombers. Would that solve the problem, Ed, Doug?
8: Well, he's a proven piece uh, and I mean, you have to love what he did for Calgary down the stretch last mm-hmm. year when they brought him in. I thought he was, you know, a really important find for them at a time when they were banged up at the receiving core. He gives you big plays. He's a big play guy and I think as Doug said, if you add a guy like that, I think it makes Darvin Adams a better player too as a potential deep threat because I think as the he was the one guy that could sort of stretch a defense And now if there's another guy, then
1: maybe Darvin Adams' numbers go way up, too. Yeah, my guess is that you talked about Nichols, Doug. If we injected him with truth serum, he would have said, I'd love to see Darrell Walker here. How come we don't have a guy like Darrell Walker? Now, Matt wouldn't say that, but (laughs) that would be my guess because that would make life easier for him, wouldn't it? Yeah, it is surprising, too. You know, this is
7: really the first time, I can even remember where uh, it it seems like the last couple of years, everything the Bombers swung at in free agency, they hit, right? They hit on that. I just haven't seen them miss a position, uh, a number of position targets like that from wide receivers until this year. So Mm -hmm. it was interesting to to see that. Not, But maybe that's the best for them in, in the long term anyways, the fact that they're going to have to bring in someone... Uh, to be an impact player. That's not going to be an established salary level yet.
1: Yeah. Well, like a Duke Williams, you, yeah. you can find players who come in and make an immediate impact.
8: There. I don't think it's such a bad thing in, in hindsight to push away from the table for a receiver that was getting $280,000 yeah. in this league. That's that's a huge. And yeah. that's two players, really two really solid players uh, at 140 each that you could add to your team. And, uh, you know, good luck to Darrell Walker. I think that, you know, signing in Toronto is an interesting move, but he's got reconnected <laughs> with James Franklin. That's the Antonio Brown move of the CFL yeah. right there, right? <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're
1: just about out of time. So a quick thought on the Saskatchewan Rough riders who are coming back with and I'm drawing a blank on the name at quarterback. Zach Colaris at quarterback, yeah. because basically they have no choice. Are yeah. they are the riders going to be any good this year? Eddie?
8: Uh, the one thing that, I mean, they lost some guys of the NFL. They lost Willie Jefferson. They lost their head coach. They lost their head coach and general <laughs> manager and whatever other titles he had. I like the addition of William Powell, but after that, man, there's a lot of question marks there. Yeah. Jeremy O'Day, what a tough spot for him to come in as the new GM. That's going to be a real interesting study. It all
1: comes down to Kolaris for me. If mm-hmm. he can play good quarterback, then they'll be competitive, but, boy, otherwise, wow. Well, no- who's their number two right now? Yeah. Bob, I think they're going to be terrible, and I hope they're terrible. (laughs) There's an honest answer. (laughs) We are out of time, and on that note, thanks, everybody, for listening.